We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just for that me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome to another episode of Come, Come on, on Down. Down. Whoa, look at that. The Game Show Podcast. Rated number one in the world by our mommies. Does your mom listen to it? I don't think No, does. she gave it a number two. Okay. Um, but if your mom gave it a one, that's a 1.5. And we round that up to a two. Yeah, we... Oh, <laughs> shoot. Wait. wait a minute. That didn't work. All right, uh, so today's episode, we are going to be talking about... A program called Takeshi's Castle. Castle. Takeshi's Castle. It, it sounds is, like a video game. Like that would be a, like a, I guess when you say Takashi, I think of Tekken. Yeah. Well, it's not a video game. It's a game show. It kind of plays like a In video Japan. game. Though. All right. So before we do that, we've got a sponsor just came in last minute. Another sponsor. I, yeah, I know. I haven't even told you about this yet, but printed this up, uh, and so I'll give it to you right now, mm-hmm. so you haven't seen this. And, I have not. And you're going to go ahead and start I'm gonna with start. the sponsor, read. Yeah. Okay. Today's episode of Come On Down is brought to you by Mediocre Bit Creator. That sounds interesting. What's that? Well, let me give you an example. You know when you're watching the local news and they send a reporter to some 5K where people are all dressed up in banana suits... And it's definitely not actual news, but it allows them to make jokes about splits and say how going for a run has never been more appealing. That's some of the classic work of Mediocre Bit Creator. Oh, wow. I love that kind of zany and unpredictable content. But I'm not a producer on the local news. How is this product for me? Well, we know we've got a diverse group of listeners, so this isn't just for local news producers. It's also for national news producers and etc. Oh, But just news producers, though. Of course not. Let's imagine you have a podcast, and you're just doing anything you can try to fill up an hour's worth of runtime, but you just don't have that many interesting things to say. Mm -hmm. Instead of being successful and creating relationships with actual sponsors, Mediocre Bit Creator will write scripts for fake sponsors that you can record and run on your show. Oh, wow. Will they be funny? Rarely. But it will allow you to do the too cool for school sort of thing where you can show your listening audience that you don't care that you haven't developed that big a following yet and you don't need the validation of actual companies that will pay you to advertise their product. (laughs) You're just having fun. That's kind of depressing. Very depressing. But if you use the referral code COMEONDOWN at checkout, you can depress those prices. Get 15% off your first mediocre bit with Mediocre Bit Creator now. Wow, that's a... Might have to look into these guys. Point, poignanted, poignant, very specific um, thing. Yeah, I mean, I, it just I felt like it, honestly, it, what's sadder though, not having real sponsors, or not being creative to write a fake sponsor and just making fun of not having sponsors. Which one do you think? In your, I mean, opinion? probably the first one, the not having sponsors thing. That's sad. <laughs> I mean, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with your time? How many, what, this is the 14th episode of a podcast you've made? You're pathetic. Nobody listens to it. Um, I mean, just in general terms. I'm I listen generally. to it. 
I listen to it. I watch the entire hour. Here's what I do. I don't listen to it. I go to the parts where I made you laugh and I didn't laugh that hard. So it was like, oh, I crushed that joke. And I just watch it on repeat. <laughs> that sounds about right. All right. So thank you to Mediocre Bit Creator thank you, for Mediocre sponsoring Bit Creator. today's episode. Today's episode, by the way, we mentioned is about a program in Japan called Takeshi's Castle. Mm-hmm. Many Americans have seen this show in some form or fashion under the name MXC. Mm-hmm. Much less of a ring to it yes. than Takeshi's Castle. But we're going to start at the beginning. Of course. Of time? Yes. First, God created... Created What did he do first? Oh, no. Probably the universe. Oh, Wasn't um, it like seven days? Yeah, it was definitely seven days. The first day was like, I don't know, DJs or something. (laughs) The first day was just kind of fucking around learning the controls. (laughs) (laughs) There was a tutorial. (laughs) You just kept doing the one thing you could do over and over. Yeah. He uh, just made a shit ton of water. He's like, yeah. I'm water, good. Water, good water. for today, right? Oh, God. I made way too much of the thing water. <laughs> oh. It's like two-thirds water right now. I think I way too much water. Oh, my God. I made the people, and I accidentally had the water coat on. They're like 70% water. <laughs> what do we do? So, so Takeshi's Castle started in 1986 in Japan. Which is relevant to us. Because we started in 1986. We also started in 1986, yes. In Japan? Well, Maybe. I don't know. I think my parents might have traveled there once. All right. So uh, it ran from 1986 to 1990 on TBS. Too funny. Oh, wait. Here's the characters. No, oh, what is it? Is... There, it is something with characters. Yeah. Character wel- Characters welcome. Bad. Mine's better. That's what theirs is. I'm just saying. Um, but no, the Tokyo Broadcasting System. Okay. Uh... Characters welcome. <laughs> Was that was that a racist impression? No, I thought about doing it at the first, and I didn't want to do it. Okay. So I kind of I appreciate your restraint. So it was hosted featuring a comedian named Takeshi Kitano. Mm. So in the show, he basically played a character named Count Takeshi, mm-hmm. and who... he hit, and he threw cereal at people. Yes. No, he just oh. he would just pop up and go. How many contestants left? One, two. Didn't this show have like a hundred contestants three. on it? Yeah, yeah. It, most of the show was counting <laughs> the contestants. contestants. So he played a character named Count Takeshi who owned a castle, mm-hmm. and the game would have somewhere between eighty-six and one hundred and forty-two contestants each episode. Just depending on how many people said they could do it. Yeah, like some people, like, oh, I've got dinner plans. Yeah, sorry, I can't make it. I don't want to go headfirst into a wall today. Right. So between 86 and 142, and because a lot of the episodes were maybe themed or something, it would be like couples competing together or children, etc. There was a there, there was a children's episode, yeah. Okay, I just saw. one though, probably right. Hopefully, oh my god! But I definitely saw a children's episode. But so basically, the way the show worked was there was a whole bunch of people, a lot. Then there were a bunch of goofy, ridiculous physical challenges, more or less. Like mud run stuff. Yes. And each phase, if you didn't complete it, you were eliminated. Mm -hmm. And so more and more people got eliminated each time. And at the end, there were only a few people left and they stormed the castle. Mm. And at, in the beginning they did that with, and there were several events like this. 
they would have like a little buggy, a little car, mm-hmm. with, and they would have water guns. And at the front of the car was a, a paper circle. Okay. And then there was Count Takeshi with his car with a paper circle. And he had guards basically called the Emerald Guard or Takeshi Gundam. And so these guys, there would be a few cars of the Emerald Guard also in the mix with their water guns driving around as well. And so the goal was to shoot your water gun through the paper ring Mm -hmm. on Count Takeshi's vehicle so that it got a hole in it. The paper ring reminded me of... Do you remember that board game that it was like a thin ice or on thin ice? Yes. That's what it looked like was... A, a a something that's Tissue a pound thing, dropped yeah. from two inches above it could easily. Yeah, you had to put it. marbles on it in the, yeah. in that game. Yeah, so so yeah, it was paper, and you had to shoot it with water so that it would get a hole in it. And if you did that, everybody who was remaining at that point, who hadn't gotten their hole shot out, split a million yen, which is what forty dollars, like eight thousand okay. dollars at the time. But this is the eighties. Eight thousand dollars not a bad price for winning a game show. And so, so that's more or less the game. Now, like I mentioned, Takeshi Katano was a Japanese comedian. So he... Could you, could you do one of his classic jokes that he was known for? Oh, yeah. Um, how come every time Japanese people want to have a good time, they're always some ignorant-ass Japanese person <laughs> trying to fuck it up? Was so, that Chris Rock? No, that's Takeshi Kitano. That's Takeshi Kitano. Oh, originally. Okay. Uh, a I lot like of that you did it in his a lot of people actual dialect. I appreciate that's, that. Yeah, that's what he sounds like. And so he was, he was a comedian. So obviously this whole thing is silly. It's a and, goof. And it is played quite silly on their end. They have these Emerald Guard people all throughout. And, and in many of the rounds of obstacles or competition, the Emerald Guard is trying to stop the people or distract them or there are some like obstacle course type things that look like like you said mud run events basically but the people might have a helmet on where they have the paper thing and there's guards with water guns trying to shoot them out and if you make it to the end with your paper ring intact you Mm -hmm. move on so they played a big part in it there was basically a another guy named Higashi who was played like uh Takeshi's advisor on the show and they would do skits together in between um the events so mm-hmm. there so there was a whole bunch of japanese comedy sketch stuff going on as well so it's a variety show plus game show yeah it, i mean it's just all over the place <laughs> and just incredibly wacky and i mean some of the competitions that the people were doing there was like um a a lot of water based which was kind murky, of very murky, muddy murky water. Murky water. Um, stuff like you've got to cross the water by using this rope swing and landing on a small platform, or there were rocks, and some of them would sink the second you touch them, and some of them mm-hmm. wouldn't, and so you tried to run across them as fast as you could without falling in. There were gaps between them. You had to jump and things like that. There was I watched one um, couples episode, and there was one where every couple was in where they were split up from each other and 
put into two tunnels that kind of looked like they were covered by that thing you did in PE as a kid with the parachute where, oh, yeah, where everybody everybody's the parachute. flipping it up and down, yeah, up yeah. and down. So it kind of looked like that. Everybody was, so you couldn't see where your partner was mm-hmm. and you were on opposite sides of this big field that was filled with 95 beds <laughs> and there was like a hundred couples and you had to, they lifted up the covers and you had to find your partner and get in a bed together. Okay. And, and then have a baby. Well, that was optional. That was okay. for bonus points. That was bonus yeah, points. Yeah, you got a bonus paper ring if you did that. You got that. like a bonus baby. But so so however many, you know, it was kind of a, a musical chairs situation. Mm-hmm. You had to find a, an empty bed once you found your partner and get yeah. in the bed in order to not be eliminated. So the, there's all sorts of weird stuff like that. There was yeah. one I saw where they were in an earthquake simulator and one person was like down on all fours. And the other person was on all fours on top of that person. Okay. And you had to not fall off of the bottom person for the length of the earthquake simulator. That was so hard. There's a, a log roller thing where you're, again, going over water. And there are rolling logs that you have to run across. There was a surf, a rotating surfboard thing that popped up quite a few times, it seemed. So they had to jump over they obstacles. They had to jump on the surfboard and, yeah. Yeah, and then jump over obstacles. And... I mean, there were just all sorts of crazy games. There were mazes. Yeah. There were you had to run through a door, and some had paper, and some had an actual door. Yeah, so you just slam into a yeah. wall on it if you picked the wrong one. Yes. Kind of like a a Wile E. Coyote, uh huh, Roadrunner situation. Yeah. So there was all sorts of crazy ass little games, and again, just each time, more and more people got eliminated until. The storm in the castle, which usually had, you know, a single digit number of people remaining. Yes. And I mean, that's the basic gist of the show. Over time, some things changed. Technology improved a little bit. The uh, I was going to say the, the first couple, the first ones that I watched early in the show, it looked like Blair Witch, the team that did Blair Witch Project was filming it. Probably about right. It was rough. And so they they upgraded at some point to laser guns instead of the the paper circle oh, okay. and water guns. And so in that version at the end, when you were storming the castle, I think they even had like laser planes flying over, shooting lasers down at you. And in that version, whoever eliminated count Takashi won the soul prize instead of splitting it up because in the previous version, multiple teams would be doing water damage to oh, the okay. circle or whatever. This one, just whoever got the laser shot won. So, it it got a little a little better over time, I guess. Um, there was a point where Count Takashi mm-hmm. was he had gotten into a bit of a a tiff with some reporters and paparazzi over some photo like private photos they'd taken of him or something. Okay. And he he apparently like physically assaulted somebody and he got in trouble legally. And his punishment was that he couldn't be on the show for a little bit, or he couldn't be on TV for a little bit as mm-hmm. part of his punishment. And so they made like a Takashi head doll, like a mascot head that somebody else wore for the episodes that he okay. that he couldn't film. And this was a goofy sketch? This was just the show. This was actual assault? The, yeah, that was actual assault. Oh, okay. Uh, but there were a lot of goofy sketches on the show. There were a lot, a lot of characters. Like I mentioned, Higashi uh, and the Emerald Guard. There were 
several other recurring characters, mm-hmm. some of them like weird sumo wrestler type people, some of them weird monster type people, a lot of other strange mascot type things, some uh, mascots of like popular Japanese anime characters and things like that, like Ultraman, which is uh, an anime or a manga or something yeah. along those lines. Okay. He would pop up and his his co-characters or whatever would pop up on the show. But it was a it was a really weird show and it kind of was the dawn of the weird Japanese game show thing. We talk about a lot how there are a lot of weird Japanese game shows where weird things oh, yeah. happen. This was kind of the dawn of that. This was the beginning of more or less the the weird Japanese game show phase. But but I mean it was it was a big hit in Japan. Like I said, it ran from eighty six to ninety. Mm-hmm. And when when they were making the the movie Battle Royale. Great. Are you familiar with that? Great movie. Yes. So it's basically Hunger Games before Hunger Games. Yeah. But way darker. And so in that, because of this show, more or less, they cast Takeshi to play like the head teacher. That of, was Takeshi? Yes. Of that all, guy was an asshole. Of all the people in, in the, the in the Battle Royale competition. He was training them all to learn how to kill each other and be mm-hmm. the last one alive. So because he hosted the show where it was constantly people getting eliminated, they cast him in that role in the Battle Royale movie, which I think also started as a manga, which is a comic book in Japan. When I saw that movie, I don't remember who gave it to me, but it was... It was middle school, or no, it was high school. And I know it was high school because I had one of those giant binders that you put all your CDs and DVDs in. And yep, it was, it was, um, it was a phenomenal story. Like it, it came on a blank CD and somebody had written it. It, it was, uh, what's that called when you like you, burned yeah, CD? Yeah, a burned DVD. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so I felt like I had something special. Yeah. And it was, it's, it was it's like honestly first time you bought me. ecstasy. It was a good uh, movie. It was yeah. very scary. So so that was what Takeshi went on to do was to scare you on a burnt DVD. Yeah. Um and yeah, so Takeshi did the commentary of the show from his role as Count Takeshi. He would he would provide that. Um and and like I said, it was very popular in Japan, and then it gained a following around the world. Yeah. And it would be, for the most part, there were, there were a couple different ways that it happened. Because it, it aired in dozens of countries around the world. Obviously, very few of those countries speak Japanese. Mm-hmm. Like, none of them probably right. outside of Japan. I don't think there's any other comp- country. Yeah, they're on an island by themselves. Right. So nobody else speaks Japanese. So what they would do, there were a couple different ways it was approached. Number one, they had local actors just dub over a direct translation of everything that was happening on the show. Okay. Number two, and this is what like Australia and the UK ended up doing somewhat famously was they would have people narrate it, just their own narration. So they, they would have a comedian giving providing their own commentary and not translating the commentary that was in the Japanese edition. Yeah. And then also a couple countries made their own version of it. So there was an Indonesian version of the show 
and a Thailand version of the show and a Vietnam version of the show. Those weren't until like the 2010s or so. Okay. When, because it's been airing for so long in some form or fashion in many of these countries that it still has popularity. In the U.S., in 1990, Fox tried to produce their own version of it called King of the Mountain. Okay. But it only had 10 contestants instead of 86 to 142. So that kills a lot of the effect of it. And that only had one episode air. And then CBS, in 1993, made a version called Storm the Castle that I think also had one episode air. Wow. And so... Nobody was ready to see people get really hurt on TV yeah. <laughs> at that point. So that was it. Um, but it made they made two NES games of it in the 80s. Really? And they required Mario that... Uh, no, it was like there the... There was a castle on that. The... Um, that pad that you ran on for track and field. Remember when you got track and field and duck hunt? It came. The duck hunt had the laser gun, and the track and field had a pad. It was kind of like what what we later had as the DDR pad. Okay. With little things on it, and you're supposed to run on it, and and I. But would, did you sit on your knees and slap it with your hands? One thousand percent. So you're a cheater. Yes. So, you're a cheater. <laughs> so you yeah. do it to go faster. But so they made two games using that on the NES. I think probably only in Japan. Can you imagine being a, a, a parent and buying your kid that and you're really excited and <clears> you get them this pad and they go in their room and you just hear this slap, 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 slap. And you go in there and your kid is just on his knees just slapping the shit out of this pad with his hands and you're like, oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> I, made a I mistake mean, when you hear me. those noises and walk into your kid's room, that's probably the <laughs> best case scenario. So it, it really depends on your perspective. Your mom's like, go talk to your son. And your dad's like, what? And he's like, he's going to hurt himself. He's doing it too hard. <laughs> yeah. So so that was that was pretty much how it went. The, the UK and Australia versions got ran in a few other English-speaking countries like uh, India, Netherlands, things like that. Where, or, or even to a point where some countries would then do translations of the English and Australian comments. Wow, commentary. I guess Australia. So it was also the game English, of but... telephone. Yeah, more or less. So that was pretty much Takeshi's Castle, mm-hmm. and like I said, there were a couple attempts in the U.S. to recreate it in, into its own thing over here. Neither of them worked until 2003, when Spike TV. Spike had some cool shows. Yeah, had some had some fun shows in the early 2000s. Yeah. The aughts, is that what we call them? I think so. That this became relevant in the U.S. again. Because mm. there were a couple guys that worked for the uh, the Merv Griffin company. We talked okay. about uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, etc. They got together and decided to take Takeshi's Castle and re-edit it into a show that they called Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Yeah. And basically everything was extreme in the early 2000s, so they jokingly decided to be the most extreme and that's how we got Most Extreme Elimination Challenge or what it eventually became abbreviated abbreviated as MXC, mm-hmm. which I don't understand because we're missing a word there. Right. Because we're we got M for most, 
We got X for extreme, which I'll let slide. <laughs> and then we just skipped over elimination in this abbreviation straight to the C. MXC. Oh, yeah. MXC sounds like a street drug. It It is a pretty good one. Dude, you get getting to be, in it. To, to be honest with you, it's one of my favorites. And dude, every day at 10.30 p.m. I do MXC. On Spike TV. On Spike TV. <laughs> so it aired there from 2003 to 2007. What they did was much different than what all of the other countries that adapted the show had previously done. What they did is they took footage from just random episodes of the show and edited edited it all together as if it were a competition between two teams Mm -hmm. and you got a point for your team for completing an obstacle, basically. And they would be two fake teams like it would be like today's episode is plumbers versus architects yeah or just random things like that yeah and the commentary which was still in video form done by you know takeshi and higashi and and those guys they gave them new character names so instead of it being storming takeshi's castle Takeshi was now a character called Vic Romano, who was mm. a TV announcer, a budding TV announcer. Yeah. And so that was all he was. He just was dressed all silly, but he was a budding TV announcer. And then he had his sidekick, Higashi, was Kenny Blankenship. <laughs> and there are a lot of the other recurring characters in the show and in the little bits and sketches they did. They became, there was Guy LaDouche was the field yeah. reporter. Yeah. <laughs> And and so they created all these characters for these people, and they spoke in those characters using the sketches, using the cutaways to, to their talking and things like that to narrate this team-to-team competition. Yeah. And like I said, it would frequently be clips from episodes that were years apart used and purported to be... In the same yeah. competition. There was no storming the castle bit at the end or anything because that's not what this show was. This show right. was a two-team competition. Nobody cares about the castle. And so anymore. it was just whoever had the most points at the end for completing the obstacles. And it was usually like two to one because it was more fun to show people wiping out and <laughs> yeah. failing and funnier to comment on that. And that was basically the way that MXC adapted this. And it became wildly popular mm-hmm. on Spike TV. It ran from 2003 to 2007. A couple times they did they did a an an almost live was what they called it version of it in Florida, I believe, where they did actually set up a whole course and had people oh, competing nice. on. It. So it was new, fresh footage for the first time, I guess. Yeah. Really, um, but that was that was like the only time they really did that. And even for those, they still used cutaways to. Takeshi and Higashi and everything for <laughs> for all those little bits. <clears throat> and and when they did do that, I think they had a couple celebrities on it as well. And for every person that spoke, even the English speaking people, they later overdubbed it with another voice actor <laughs> so that the lips yes. didn't match up and everything. So yeah. it's like watching the the other episodes or Godzilla or anything else that has right. ever been dubbed over that mm-hmm. looks fairly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So they did, this was, this was not the first time this was done in the United States. More famously, probably. This is what I call 
the Power Rangers method. Oh. Are you familiar with the how Power Rangers exists? Um when two Power Rangers love each other. Very much. They they pray very hard they to pray God. So hard. <clears throat> so so Power Rangers was a Japanese show also mm-hmm. called Super Sentai. So all of the Super Hentai? Sentai. Oh, that's different. Yes. That other that other show I do like quite a bit though. <laughs> I like that one as yeah. well. So Super Sentai. All of the parts of the Power Rangers in their morphed form, where they're in their Power Rangers outfits fighting against the spandex when they're in their yes when they're in their, when they're in their spandex and helmets. Okay, fighting against the Putty Patrol and Rita Repulsa and all those people. I imagine like if you live in a very religious household, your mom is constantly on Putty Patrol. I don't know what that means. Like, you know, opening your doors, making sure you're okay, not yeah, yeah, slapping got it, your, got it. your SNES bed. <laughs> On your NES. Um, so that, so Super Sentai, all the footage from Power Rangers that where they're doing battle mm-hmm. in costume is just from a show called Super Sentai in Japan. Yeah. And then all of the stuff where they're high school kids in America, that was just shot around the existing Japanese footage of people fighting that they had. Wow. And then they just had them, when they were in the costumes, they just overdubbed the American actors saying lines and yeah. and whatnot while they're in the costume because you can't see their faces because they've got helmets on. Mm-hmm. And that was how that show was made. That's amazing. They just used whatever footage they had and made up a show around it. And so it was because... So this guy named Haim Saban. Mm-hmm. That's a real name. Yeah. He he's an Israeli-American businessman. He was in Japan in the 80s for business. And his hotel, that was like the only thing on TV. And so he just watched a shit ton of it. <laughs> and he was like, we need to make this show in America. And that was how that show... They bought the rights to use the footage of the show. And so if you watch Power Rangers, which I'm sure you do a lot... Mm. the the first season so the rita repulsa it was like you know she wasn't rita repulsa in the japanese version whatever yeah it was just you know some crazy japanese witch or woman or something like that okay and so all of her speaking is very clearly dubbed over um her her lips do not match up with what she is saying Mm -hmm. and then starting in the second season they started filming their own Rita Repulsa scenes specifically for the American show. Right. But they had already established in the first scene what Rita Repulsa's voice sounds like. And <laughs> that actress didn't look the part. So they would film those scenes and then still overdub them in English with the actress who did it okay. for season one going forward as well. And, all the weird, like I watched the original Power Rangers. I was a, I was in the fan club. I was a big, a big Power Rangers. You like one. the pink Power Ranger? Of course. Oh, and speaking of, so if you'll remember the pink Power Ranger, she had a little skirt built into her outfit. Okay, Kimberly. So there was Jason, Billy, Zach, Kimberly, and Trini. And what? Trini. Trini. She was the Yellow Ranger. Tranny. Trini. Trini. We don't say that anymore, first of all. Oh, we don't. Trini was the Yellow Ranger. 
she did not have a skirt built into her thing. Because in the Japanese show, that wasn't a chick. That was a dude. <laughs> yeah. But they... You just have one chick in a group of six dudes. Five. Five Well, dudes. later, um, Tommy got added to be the sixth. He was the Green Ranger and later the White Ranger. But so that was why the Yellow Ranger didn't have a skirt even though she was a girl was because in Super Sentai, she wasn't. It was a dude. And we just stole all of their fighting content and well, weird high school scenes in well, the midst of it. It's more of like a Frankenstein situation. You take two things that are useless <laughs> by themselves. And then what do you create with them? And you make one thing. That kills a bunch of townspeople. That, <laughs> that throws a little girl into a pond okay, until first she of all, First of all, um, that girl deserved to die. And wow. I know that's a hot take and nobody thinks that, wow. but read in between the lines. That girl had a gun. No. Did you watch the movie? I watched Super Hentai. That girl had a gun. Oh, she yes. kept shooting everybody. <laughs> I, uh, I, I watched the, the 1933 Frankenstein movie mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Were the special effects good? They were great. Um, and they just really missed the point of the book. <laughs> If I'm being honest with you, really, was, yeah. What was what they how how they swing and miss? Um, well, you know, they made Frankenstein, or sorry, Frankenstein is the doctor. Right. They made Frankenstein's monster. Well, Frankenstein was made. It was just it was two people that came together to okay, make one yes. thing. Okay, I'm glad we keep establishing this. The same, very similar to how Power Rangers are made. Correct. By the way, yeah. So Frankenstein made the monster, and. In the movie, he kind of just went around killing people. Mm-hmm. Some like he killed the little girl kind of on accident because he's he's hugging her, right? Or no, he, he they were throwing flowers into the water, and then mm-hmm. they ran out of flowers, and so he just threw her. And was she wearing a flower dress? No, I don't know. He was dumb. He was a monster. So that and and he gets burned to death in. A windmill at the end after chasing people around and stuff like that. By the townspeople? Yeah. The, the townspeople with their pitchforks and torches. They nice. burn them in the windmill. But in the book, the whole, like, he gets smart and eloquent and can speak well. And the whole thing is about, like, who's the real monster, you know, Frankenstein for toying with God's creation like mm-hmm. this and things like that. And that's the whole lesson of that movie or of that book. That's not the lesson of the movie at all. It's like monster bad, kill him is kind of the lesson. I feel like the monster, I feel like it's very simple in the book. The monster is still bad. So they saying in the book that you can murder somebody, but if you learn how to speak like a second language, you're no, like no, no. he doesn't go person. around murdering people really in the, in the book. Well, in the book, he still kills a girl, right? I don't think so. I don't know. Was that just a, a thing that they put in the movie and now everybody thinks he, he kills a girl in the book? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, you know why? Because Frankenstein was written by a woman and they're trying to undermine her work because they don't respect the creation of strong, independent women. Mary Shelley, get it, girl. Does monster kill girl? I'm just going to Google that and see what pops up. (laughs) That'll that'll get you to some super hentai, I think. A Maryland couple has filed a wrongful death suit against the company, alleging that their product killed their 14-year-old daughter. Oh, it's Monster Energy. <laughs> <laughs> so Monster does kill girls. Monster does kill a girl. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. By the way, also in the credits of the movie, it says based on the novel by, instead of by saying based on the pushed novel by, Sapphire. by Mary, yeah, pushed by Sapphire was based uh, on the novel by Mary Shelley. Instead of saying that, it said like based on the novel by Mrs. Duncan Shelley or whatever. Like it said her husband's name instead oh. of, and just put Mrs. in front of it. Like, <laughs> this, this man's possession wrote this <laughs> wrote- book. And Isn't that so good? She kind of started as a dumb dumb and taught herself to write. <laughs> yeah. So she's kind of the monster too. Who, who was the monster all along? So anyway, Frankenstein, Power Rangers, Takeshi's Castle. Backtracking. Yeah. So so that was like I was saying, MXC was not the first time that we have done that because we did it with Power Rangers in mm-hmm. 1992 or whenever. Power and Rangers Saved came by out. the Bell. Really? Mm-hmm. Explain that to me. So all of the actors were um none of them could speak english so like they, screech and mr belding etc right screech definitely couldn't speak screech okay. could only make high pitch frequencies like oh that's why that was okay. noises yeah now i'm following and I never so that. what they did is they would hold a dummy across from them off screen and they would move the lips like it's a muppet and so the actors would just mirror the lip movements from the dummy <laughs> so it was almost like a, a mr ed situation yeah but without the peanut without the peanut butter without the peanut butter and right. then they would have voice actors come in later yes to dub over the mouth movements. right and then they would also dub over those the voice actors so what was this a japanese series at some point well i mean japanese people watched it <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah, so that was MXC. It went off air in 2007. There have been a couple Takeshi's Castle specials. Mm. And in the meanwhile, I think, like I said, in the 2010s, there were a couple countries that, that made their own version of Takeshi's Castle, the Indonesian Takeshi's Castle Thailand, etc. And then there have been a couple other shows inspired by Takeshi's Castle, you many. might say. I would say many shows. Like Wipeout? Yes. They got sued by Takeshi's Castle. Why? For being too much like it. For what? having people getting hurt doing obstacles. And they <laughs> they've they settled the lawsuit. Nobody knows what the settlement was, but there was a lawsuit there. And I think Ninja Warrior was made by the same company as Takeshi's Castle. A lot of the obstacles are kind of Ninja Warrior-like. Yeah. Except they're just kind of out in a field somewhere instead of... I don't know where this field was, but it was an unkempt field. What I liked about it was that it felt like it was something that, like, one of your friend's uncles who has a lot of land and doesn't really care what his kids do as long as they're staying busy and out of his hair Mm. would... I mean, this put, uncle's for sure bald would, in my in my head right now. Yeah, definitely receded. Your friend's uncle that has land. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's bald. I mean, in my that's the first thing that popped into my head. Okay. Good word association. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's out in a field somewhere. All of these obstacles are in some dirty, muddy field slash wooded area with a big fake castle. Yeah. And it looks like if you were to drive by someone's land in the middle of nowhere and there's a paintball field. Yes. That's exactly, what the castle looks exactly. like. Exactly. So, so in that way, 
that's how it's much different from Ninja Warrior. Ninja Warrior is kind of like a very compact clean. course. Yeah, exactly. Hygienic. Yeah. And honestly, if you would have told me that the Takashi's Castle was filmed in seven different fields, I would have been like, okay. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I can't dispute that from no, what I, I see on your show. I've done a lot of reading on it, and I can't dispute that at all. I think there were a few different places where they would move things around to shoot it. But I thought that was one of the most appealing things about it to me. Like com- the dirtiness of it? The realness of it. Oh, okay. Like compared to... And the people on the show, too, I think attest to that. Those those were just normal, yeah. everyday people. Yeah. I think if you compare it to something like Wipeout or Holy Moly or whatever that golf, mini golf yeah. show or whatever, like those are very, there's cool obstacles and stuff, but they're in very sterile environments. They're very contained. There's mm-hmm. live audiences around them. I can tell that. They put a lot of work into building a stage somewhere for this and everything. And I don't know, that takes some of the the charm out of it. Like Takeshi's Castle looks like something I can pay somebody $35 to go (laughs) do. And I have to sign a whole bunch of waivers. Yeah. But, but as long as but it's not going anywhere. as long as your friends that go through it have a loose helmet on, you're like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, you can't sue me. And the chaos of it, there was so much chaos because like there were up to 142 people. Yeah, that's insane. So it was just bonkers, and there was just person after person after. If you watch Wipeout now, it's like, all right, here's the four contestants. So we're <laughs> gonna show you every little bit of boring shit they do trying to hop across this thing. When you've got 100 people, you get a whole lot of crazy wipeouts. You gotta whole lot of impressive stuff. There's a lot of stuff that you can feature in a single episode I because think, you've got a lot of people doing obstacles. I think it's crucial to have that amount of people too so that you can turn off any emotional attachment you have to these people because they get very hurt. The, the, and well, I don't want to hear about someone's cute backstory. Yeah, and how about how their it, mom had cancer and they stood by them until the end. Her dying breath and her mother's dying wish was that she would come to Takeshi's castle and take on Count Takeshi and bring it home for her family and her hometown, which is suffering incredibly high unemployment rates right Mm -hmm. now because they were a coal town and coal is being phased out for cleaner energy sources. And because of the coal, that's what gave her mom the cancer and she died. And you don't have that in Takeshi's castle. I don't want that. I don't ever want to hear that. You don't get backstories of people. No, you don't. So, So we did, we just did wheel of fortune. You, one of your positives of it was you just get right in, you, hi, I'm Edna, and you move on. I think across the board that is successful because you want to see the game, but I think it is imperative in this game because the point of this game is to watch people get really hurt. And I think in order to And if you that, knew that that, mom died, that girl's mom died of coal cancer, you couldn't laugh as hard. Yeah, even if I knew that girl's name. Her eating shit into they're not, a log. They're not people. Right? They're just, they're contestants they're there, at that point. They're contestants they for our entertainment. The, they're a mob of people yes. made to entertain us. And there are, and some of the events are very mob-like because there will be an obstacle climb the wall thing. And it's just everybody go at once. Yes. Everybody climb the wall. That to me. Not one at a time or anything. That's the one obstacle that immediately put uh, mud runs into my head. Because right. there's always something, or usually something like that. There's a giant yeah. wall. Everybody has to work together to make a human chain that you can crawl up and go over the wall and then go on to your next mud run. Yeah. It's like what we, a few years ago. I um, have it on my notes right now. Zombie run. Uh, we did a zombie fight. We have to go through this. Yeah. I thought it was going to be 
like a I, I didn't think it was going to be a grueling it was dirty. very grueling it was here's the thing about the zombie 5k i don't run i don't like running right i do like fun and i do like not being fat so i thought okay zombie 5k you're being chased by zombies mm-hmm. in this obstacle course 5k mm-hmm. it's a more fun way to do something that is going to Suck. be a pretty good workout for me that okay. i don't want to do normally so you know i trained for the 5k got to where i could you know run three miles at a time and i was How like okay take you oh a few weeks wow brag <laughs> uh well i started with like half a mile <laughs> well yeah it's like couch to 5k way. i had to work my way couch to 5k i think the first two weeks is just like get up and walk <laughs> well that i don't know if i could do it now but this was like five years ago but for that so we showed up there knowing that there's going to be some zombies chasing us while we're doing a 5k i think that's pretty much all we knew i think so going in and we got a flag belt with three flags on it Mm -hmm. our life flags yes and if you lost all three flags you were dead but you still did the rest of the 5k but you weren't which sucks because you're like you just you finish the 5k and you don't get a shitty plastic medal right exactly but if you had at least one flag left at the end you survived the zombie 5k Mm mm-hmm and what made it difficult was th- there was probably like an eighth of a mile where we were just in thigh high creek. Well, that was the first thing you did. Right. It was very early in the thing. We ran like maybe we ran an eighth of a mile or no, maybe we ran, I don't know, a quarter of a mile at the beginning. And then we were in thigh high creek water. Like wading through Muddy, it. And then there was a little muddy hill you had to get up. With either. one little rope that yeah. just got slick as hell because everybody's muddy hands right. were grabbing it. And it was very hard to There were two ropes. There was one rope that was like the real rope you needed to climb up. And then there was like, a, I couldn't do it. Here's the second rope. And we were all like determined to do that to first not do rope. The even though you'd grab it and you would fall back down. Right. Just fall back. The people behind you. It's creek. one of those things too where it doesn't look that hard. And you're, so like, you're waiting in line. Do and climb the Dude, thing. Just climb the thing. Oh my god! Because your feet are so slippery on the muddy hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was tough, and and there were there were plenty of other obstacles. There, there were, was a net climb. There was a net climb. There were wall climbs. There there was like uh, fire that you had to jump over at one. Yeah, like part. little fire piles. I just remember, I I think I lost one flag kind of early in the thing, in the first third Have for we, sure. Are, and I'm trying. Did we even see zombies at this point? We saw. So we saw I think zombies net. right before the creek thing, I think. Oh. Like, as we were going into the creek thing, there okay. were zombies right before it. And then I remember we were probably, like, two and a half miles into the thing. What's a 5K? Like, 3.1? 3.2. 3.2. So we were probably, like, two and a half miles in. And normally, if you're running a 5K and you're decently in shape, two and a half miles in, maybe you're at 20, 25 minutes or something like that. Yeah. We were probably easily an hour in at this point because of all the obstacles and things like yes. that and and soaking wet and yes exhausted and, yes exactly and a lot of the zombies the quote volunteer zombies because you had to be 18 or older to participate in the 5k as a runner but not as a zombie mm. so there were kids that were zombies and kids have infinity energy. Yes. And they don't have to wade through the water and do a 5K. So I remember we're like two and a half miles in 
and we're jumping over fire and there's this kid's quote unquote zombie that's like, I don't know, 12 years old, 13 years old that is just on my tail in a full out sprint. (laughs) And I'm just looking over my shoulder, sprinting as fast as I can, two and a half miles into an hour of a 5k. And I was... I thought I was going to die at that point. Yeah. In real life, I thought I was going to die trying to sprint away from this fucking kid mm-hmm. that was just obsessed with getting my goddamn flag. Yeah. And I think he did. I think he got a flag I mean, I'm pretty eventually. sure I ended this with one flag. I ended with one flag And also. there had to be one. Because I, I didn't know. I wanted to go behind me and put my hand on his head. But I was like, you probably can't do that. Yeah, I don't think you could stiff For arm. legality. We had to do... There was an army crawl under a barbed wire thing in the mud. Yeah. Right near the end, too. So there was difficult stuff. I felt like I stormed Takeshi's castle. Well, here's the thing with that. It was so difficult, and they knew it was going to be so dirty and gross. There was just a shoe pile for you to donate your shoes, which were now caked in mud. I don't, I took my shoes off, and I threw them on the pile. Yes. Yes. My I, shoes I mean, were you done. I have said, a choice. What was done. your choice? Destroy your car, take your shoes yeah. off, I guess, and put them in the trunk and then drive home? Yeah. It was it was fun though, but I, and it's I, crazy because it was uncovered that it was a, uh, it was like a, a scheme to get shoes. The whole company, the whole zombie was just was just a shoe. It's actually run by Toms, and those are the <laughs> shoes that they donate. <laughs> That's right. So they do technically donate the shoes, yeah. but they first. But they're make also making people... a profit on it by making right. people do the zombie run. And then they get the shoes for free. Right. And so those are the shoes that they donate to Africa or mm-hmm. whatever. And the kids that chase you at the end, those are the people that run Tom's. Oh, it's a group really? of children that run Tom's. I did not know that. Yep. Wow. So, yeah, these are, these are the things you learn on this podcast. It's a whole bunch of Greta Thunbergs recycling <laughs> shoes. <laughs> recycling shoes. We need to save the shoes of the world. We will be no shoes in 25 years if we don't save the shoes of the zombies. That's my Greta Thunberg. Of the zombies at the very end. Everybody's like, yeah, I can get on. Did she just say Wait, zombies what? at the end there? What is Greta talking about now? So that that was... And, and the problem was we were we kind of got ahead of the pack because we were faster okay. than the majority of people. Mm-hmm. And so when we get to the zombies, there's fewer of us for the zombies yeah. to chase. When, if you're in a big herd of people, you can just and there's only eight zombies, you can blend middle. in. Yeah, exactly. So, but that's what I like about Takeshi's Castle. I really liked when you got some of the just crazy hundred people trying to climb a wall, a hundred yeah. people trying to hop over the same thing at the same time, trying to run through walls that may be paper or maybe a wall that you're going to dislocate your shoulder on. Yes. That's, that's the fun of it. That's what makes it great. That's what makes it very enjoyable to watch in its original form. I, I don't speak Japanese. I don't know about you. Prove it. How? That's good. I don't know what that meant. That's, that's a Indian for hello. Native American. How? How? Maize is yellow. Corn. (laughs) (laughs) Japanese. Uh, Sushi means raw fish. Yes, correct. So I don't know Japanese, so I don't know, you know, it's hard to properly grade it. 
based on the original Japanese version because I've only seen overdubbed versions or the MXC version of it. Yeah. Which is it's quite enjoyable. I got to imagine the original Japanese one with all their sketches intact is mm-hmm. probably a really wild thing to watch. Yeah. But I liked it. How would you improve it? How would I improve it? Yeah. Um, well, I just want to say something before we go into how to improve it. Okay, please. This show helped me understand kamikaze fighters. Wow, that's quite a leap. Go on. Well, I'll tell you why. Okay. If you think about it, or let's say you're just reading a book and it's like, oh yeah, there were these fighter pilots that would go on suicide missions and crash their planes mm-hmm. for you know, the love of trying to win this war. Right. The love of country. The love of country. And then you watch Takashi's Castle and you see man, woman, older, younger. I didn't see the children one, but yeah, children run as fast as they can into walls, (laughs) just hoping it's paper for a (laughs) television show. Uh Uh-huh. For, and let's be honest, no money because there were eight people ever that won this show. Yeah. So if you're doing that, if you're going gung ho on a game show, now switch that and put into that war. into wartime where anything is possible, Kevin Garnett, and you have I can totally understand it now. Do you think do you think that in 1990 or 1993 when we tried King of the Mountain and Storm the Castle mm-hmm. in, in the U.S. Do you think that if those shows had caught on in America the way they wanted them to, if they had caught on the way that Takeshi's Castle caught on in Japan, yeah. do you think we would be in the position we are in Iraq right now? By, do you think we'd have better soldiers? Oh, absolutely. Okay. You should have to go to Takeshi's Castle. Iraq. Like Bud School, Seals, Green Beret... Throw it out. Takeshi's you have to castle. go through Takeshi's castle. <laughs> and if you can make it through Takeshi's castle, whatever, you, you can ch- choose. You, you want to be a SEAL? Do you want to be a Green Beret? But here's the thing I'm kind of bummed about mm. is, you know, we've considered, you know, ever since World War II, when they sneak attacked us and did all that other uh, bad stuff. Right. We've considered Japan to be one of our strongest allies, probably because we kind of like took over their country for a little bit after World right. War II and everything. And didn't let them have a, a military for a while and all that stuff. I'm kind of bummed that as such a great ally of us, you know, we keep PlayStation in business. They didn't get Bin Laden for us early on. You think they should have gotten Bin Laden? Well, I mean, just send one of these Takeshi people in there. <laughs> Find out. Okay, see all those what caves right there? paper door been Run it to it. Run straight through to that cave. It might not be a cave, by the way. It might be a wall. <laughs> but if it's a cave, Bin Laden might be in there. Yeah. And then pretend his head is a paper plate and you need to shoot it with a water, water gun, gun <laughs> to get through it. Yeah. Also, I thought it was pretty crazy. So I'm going to read just a couple of stats on injuries that occurred on this show. Because, I'm glad that you have these stats. Because Andy. the show does not make it look like it is painful. I think that the contestants popping up with big ass smiles on like, their oh, face. Oh, that was crazy. I'm the, always like, oh, the they way I just ate don't shit. feel pain in Japan. I yeah. don't understand this. So across the show, and this was the 
four-year run where it was 86 to 90. Yeah. 41 broken ribs, 19 broken jaws, 312 bruised chins, 282 bruised shins, nine people knocked out, 35 concussions, 276 people winded, two fractured skulls, 112 black eyes, and 62 torn muscles. What do you think their insurance was like? I mean, it when That's... they started the show, the insurance limits were probably pretty modest. And then after one season, they were probably like, oh, that's, we need to... That's why it only went for four seasons, because... They, they couldn't go they for their insurance afford. premiums after a while. I mean, I think that for, for it being four seasons, I think there were a decent amount of episodes, uh, you know, over a, a hundred or whatever. Yeah. And so that was like, MXC was able to pull from a lot of content. They would even reuse content from time to time just because it didn't matter because, because it was, it was funny made up. But okay, my make it better is, is is nothing. It's that's that's kind of where I stood. Multiple contestants should be able to go through one obstacle, similar to how they did the wall. Right. I think that two people should be able to go through the stone jumping or. Um, I, what, what about? I the, want to see the maze. I want to see the beehive maze. I want two people to go through it because it was too easy for the two guys in the maze to capture these people. It was so yeah. So so there was a maze with a bunch of. Doors and you would see and, it from like bird's eye view. And there were two Emerald Guard people mm-hmm. in there that you had to get from one top corner to the bottom corner on the other side through all these rooms with the doors. And there were two Emerald Guards that started in the middle, and they could just like catch you and hold you down and yeah, try and throw you. So there were a couple they doors black, that opened out. They into, would black hand you. Yeah, one of the guards had a black hand with ink. And if they caught rub you, it all they would over just your rub face. it on your face, and you would be like, and you look like Al Jolson running through the <laughs> obstacle course. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I think that could get a little more hectic, probably. To your point, I, that's fine. But yeah, like I said, I think what's great about it is how hectic it is, how nonsensical it is, how low-fi the whole thing is that. It's just in a field. It's not very. It's, you know, these aren't the greens at the Masters. You know, this is just the opposite. The op- these are the Browns at the amateurs. <laughs> these are the amateur Browns. <laughs> I'm gonna Google that real quick. Amateur okay. Browns. Please don't. Please, please don't. Oh my God! Monster Energy's killed more people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I came away the same as you that i could not think of what i could do to improve this game because are you joking you don't have one particular thing you would like to see in this game where there's a lot of water and there's a lot of people falling into water sharks yes (laughs) so here's the thing normally i would bring sharks into Mm -hmm. into any of these like if it was wipeout yeah i need some sharks okay but this i'm seeing a lot of injuries i'm hearing a lot of statistics about injuries from you People are already putting life and limb on the line. So it was hard for me to raise the stakes too much more mm. aside from like, well, you get murdered if you fail this, you know? Yeah. Like Which, behind one of the doors is just a whole bunch of knives sticking out at you. Right. Well, I mean, and, and again, I imagine that, uh, you know, Harikari, is that, is that what it's called? The pride su- suicide? Oh. Probably a lot of people doing that anyway. Yeah. Will Ferrell did that character. <laughs> yeah, that was my that was my favorite. <laughs> when Will Ferrell would just put on those big glasses and just <laughs> stab himself in the gut with a big katana. Yeah, it's so it's hard make to it better is nothing. My make it better is nothing. I 
It, it's so crazy. I, I mean, here's, here's my make it better. Make me learn Japanese so I can watch these in their original oh. form. So it's like a comp. So it's fully like, understand it. Ooh, that's good. Because it's like Rosetta Stone. Because so I don't want Japan. us to, I don't want us to redo this because we're going to put too much shiny paint on it, gussy it up too much. Mm-hmm. It's going to lose the core of what it is. You know, it's like, it's like trying to, t- uh, tell picasso like hey uh you know people's heads aren't square right you gotta fix that you gotta round it off hey you know what's you know what's uh you know what's cool a billion dollars you know what's cool uh saggy clocks you know what's cooler straight clocks that was a dolly llama salvador oh uh, the mustache (laughs) yeah what did picasso have was picasso's head square so he was right. Like, he thought everybody oh, else. Everybody's head is. He thought oh, everybody's head is head normal. Square, yeah. No, Dada or not Dada. Dada is Dadaism is a type of art that I was thinking of around the same time period. But he's got a flat top of his head. He did have a flat top of his head. Maybe that's why. But yeah, I I I wouldn't improve it. I don't think there's much we could do other than learn Japanese to fully. That's everybody's homework. Learn, Learn Japanese, Japanese so you can watch this show, mm-hmm. the original Japanese form, and explain to me how the sketches work and how funny First, they are. First, teach you right. Jap- So they need to learn Japanese. They need to learn it. They need watch to teach the show. it to me. Come and teach you Japanese. Mm-hmm. Then you can watch the show. And then you can finally talk about it with that person that you instructed to exactly. watch the show. Exactly. So we'll do another episode on this a few years from now when we're both fluent in Japanese. Man. I would love to be fluent in another language. It's kind of. Have you seen Man in the High Castle? No. On Amazon, Amazon Prime. Mm-mm. So it's like the Japanese and the you know the Nazis won World War Two. Ooh. And now America is split up between the Japanese Pacific states and the American Reich or something like that. Okay. Kind of split up by the Rocky Mountains. And I think maybe. One of the missed opportunities from that show was that they didn't bring Takeshi's castle over into the U.S. Yeah. Where when they had that opportunity. Yeah. And all so, of society is run by this. Like if you want to purchase food, you, you have, have to, to beat Takeshi's castle yes. in order to get it. Yeah. I think that would have made the show a lot better. I think it would have made the, the book it's based on a lot better. Philip K. Dick. We always talk about him on this podcast. Love Philip K. Dick. Yeah. That's do you have any, do you have any closing thoughts on Takeshi's Castle? What what's your buzzer rating also? How many buzzers out of five is Takeshi's Castle? I'm gonna go with a very bruised four point five buzzers. I'm gonna give it a five. Wow, I've never done this. Is this your first five? I've never done this before. I, was, I thought last episode you said nothing's gonna be a five. I had I didn't know enough about Takeshi's Castle wow. at the time. I've broadened my horizons to the mm-hmm. land. Of the horizing sun. Mm. And I see now why Japanese game shows are so fucking batshit now. Entertaining. Because this is what they started at 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like our bar was a guy with a mustache saying, This oat is grown in a field where you can also find poppies. What is. I don't know. I don't know oats, but barley, barley. That's where we were 40 years ago. Yeah. This is where they were 40 years ago. Yeah. So 
that's why they have game shows now where it's like, see if you can identify this person by tasting their butt or whatever it is. (laughs) By tasting their butt. And it was like a family game show. It was, yeah. Do you think you could do it? Is it mom? No, I wouldn't be able to identify a single person by tasting their butt. Well, so you're American. Anything else to add to Ketchy's Castle? I don't. I, I'm MXC. in awe. I don't know what to say. All MXC right. was great. It was funny. I remember watching it. I remember watching a lot of Spike TV. And this show is wonderful. I would recommend looking this up on, yes. on YouTube. Watch Ketchy's Castle. Watch some of the British version if you can, because that's more that's closer to the pure form yeah. with you still being to, able to understand some of the commentary. Watch the Japanese version if you can find it without having to understand the commentary because who fucking cares? It's yeah. just funny. This show is it's a entertaining. visual show. It's good. It's, it transcends culture. It transcends language. That's why this show is a five buzzers out of five. Mm. Takeshi's Castle. Loved it. Look us up on Instagram. At ComeOnDownShow. ComeOnDownShow.com. Email ComeOnDownShow at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you just want to chat, if you want any advice, if you're going through some difficult stuff and you need somebody to talk to. Yeah. And thank you to our sponsor, Mediocre Bit. Thank you to Mediocre Bit Creators. Bit Creator. Because that's all we all need a mediocre bit for the last several months. Yeah. So until next time, we will see you guys later. Go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs>